The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Hey, hey, happy Tuesday, everybody. You're watching Splash Pages. My name is Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. And uh, I have to say, you know, uh, this is hilarious. I I'm watching the uh, the live stream on it, and the first thing that it said under the subtitles is, I'm going to eat chicken. Thanks to Drew. It's you all. <laughs> How's it going, Drew? I'm fine. I'm eating chicken. Leave me alone. Go to get next guest. Jazz uh, chicken. Velvet Joker. How's it going, bud? What up, boys? Nice to see everyone tonight. Yeah. You're right on time. Totally. Kind of. Uh so Drew, if you're you're done uh munching do you want to introduce you our awesome guest <laughs> yes i do well honestly since our subject today is we're going to be discussing john constantine we're going to be talking about the dangerous habits hellraiser story arc we're going to be talking about the 2005 constantine which was a partial inspiration 
which was partially inspired by that story arc. We're going to be talking also about the uh, WB animated Constantine City of Demons. I thought, who better than probably one of the best, and I hate saying it like this, but it's very true, one of the best John Constantine cosplayers I've ever met. That would be this guy. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, everybody, this is this is Kevin Borchardt. He is... He's John Constantine, kids. I don't know how much more to tell you. So, welcome, Kevin. Great to have you on the Hello. show. Welcome. Ah. What up, Kev? Mm. I don't. Good, good, man. Nice to see you. Been a while. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, don't worry. Uh, splash pages. You, you, there's no smoking or non-smoking. So, smoke away, Johnny. So, bag it up. Indeed. So, well, everybody. Yep. Draco says, uh, "Don't come between a guy and his fried chicken." I mean, Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, just real quick, we have a ton of people watching. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. We're going to be talking about all things Constantine. Uh, and for those of you just joining in, uh, you said we're going to be talking about Dangerous Habits. We're also going to be talking about the 2005 movie. Uh, also, you know, uh, Kevin, your your awesome work cosplaying as uh, Constantine, and we we're talking about it earlier. You just admit the character, you know, it's just just awesome. Uh, did I cover that right? Sure, probably yeah. brilliance. <laughs> uh, so, so Drew, we're we're doing things a little looser today. Uh, where should we start off? Well, I think the important thing is that we go over some of the current events before we really dive into the magic. Yeah. So I will say this. I think everybody present watching all of us here at Splash Pages, including Johnny Boy up top, um, I think we should all have a moment of silence, a memoriam for, for two people who two passed, people, who, yes. uh, who are important. One has been her passing. I, I very rarely have seen. I think everybody, the world was impacted by this passing and that would be betty white the last golden girl um i mean one what? when they say they took her too soon at 99 that's that says a lot indeed yeah. so i i i mean honestly uh it was it's very sad but at the same time 99 is a hell of a uh, time to go out so i think everybody we should all um we should all just have a moment of silence and definitely as we do that, the Golden Girls theme song should be playing in our heads. So everybody. Well, thank you for being a friend to all us all, Betty. Yeah. Well done, Drew. And you mentioned we, we lost uh, another shocking one. This, this Indeed. One. So that person would be um, we... Yep, John Madden as well, everyone. That play-by-play is getting really good up there. I'm going to say that for all John Madden fans. Well, uh, um, well, the other one is more comic book related. No, I know. I'm just addressing yeah. that. So right. the other one is more comic book related. Um, and that's also something that our guest had experience with this person. That would be uh, a Mr. Robert Bruce, who yeah. is we, we know... Uh, I guess a collector uh, 
extraordinaire who was seen very commonly on comic book men and yeah. funny enough our our guest actually i believe he said had a few collectibles yeah from robert bruce so kevin take that story i mean i've i think i met him a few years ago the first time at uh turtle con when it was in long islands and once i got past my initial uh oh my god someone who's on tv but he's, he's really was accessible and he had really cool collectibles at really great prices and as a kaiju collection that put mine to shame and i was always envious but i definitely picked up a few booster gold toys for him and a lot of uh i don't know what that said uh oh i'll read that fast yeah no oh, sorry uh, <laughs> i'm just reading stuff uh but yeah no i bought a couple booster gold collectibles and just League international collectibles from him and no, he's a really cool guy, and uh, if you ever met him, I would say he was the best accidental Quinn cosplayer from Jaws in history. <laughs> they got dollars eyes there. I'm surprised he never showed me a scar, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was also like, I think he was a big behind the scenes of the New Jersey Horror Cons, too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, uh, yeah, uh, I think he ran the New Jersey Horicon. Uh, we, we, yeah, I didn't know that until like one time I was there, and I someone was like going to him. I was like, oh, oh, this is this is his con. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we interviewed him. Uh, I think probably about five years back, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I was trying to find the interview. We interviewed him and his son. His son was, I think, uh, trying to do indie filmmaking at the time. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to try to see if I can dig up that interview. I got it on a backup somewhere. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. He was a wicked nice guy. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, if you've gone to a con, you definitely uh, ran into him at one point because his, his, his booth was, you know, just amazing. Just so much awesomeness. So random. It's yeah. great. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I bumped him at Terrific Con a couple times and, uh, I'd be like Toy Man, and he'd be like Joker, and uh, we had a couple conversations, and always super nice, super accessible. And I think I was selling a couple of collectibles, and I had reached out on him on Messenger, and within a day or two, he was like, "Yeah, Rips, this is what this is worth." Blah 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 blah. Good luck. So super nice guy, super knowledgeable from what I understand, mm-hmm. and uh, definitely a loss to the comic and collecting world. Indeed. Oh. And this was totally sudden because it was, uh, was it from the cold? Uh, I I know he wasn't, he wasn't living out of the, the, um, uh, the box. It was just, he was working or something, right? Yeah. The, 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 the one article for out of New Jersey did say that he might have been possibly living there. So maybe he was estranged from his wife, but I haven't seen anything as far as that goes. So yeah, the first time I even heard of that, story was from bob camp bob camp so i didn't don't know how true it is so there were people commenting that it wasn't he was just getting stuff for a show but mm-hmm. yeah it, 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 you it know, just posted days before that so um, yeah yeah and one article i read uh, saying that uh he was a workaholic so it was you know he was huh. probably just uh sleeping in his office you know or something like that mm-hmm. but yeah it, it's certainly a shame indeed yeah. um and um, I just also want to say that they did confirm that Betty White's passing was due to natural causes. Um, of course, some people had tried to make her death 
somewhat of a political issue by saying that it was due to getting a booster shot. Um, and uh, honestly, I, 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 I was just, I have to be speak from, from the heart. I was very annoyed by that. I was like, guys, can we just please just admire this woman and mourn her passing and not politicize it or make yeah. it some sort of, um, Absolutely. yeah. And, what, and it was, we, we, yeah. I think I heard it was uh, very beautiful. They said that her her at her last words were actually speaking of her her late husband Alan, uh-huh. um, who died forty years ago. So she yep. never rem- she never remarried. Um, Although she did have a notable crush on Robert Redford, which from what I've read was reciprocated, and he did try to reach out and make that happen, but she kept ghosting him. So I was like, man, ghosted by Betty White. What an honor. I thought you were going to say it was Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> well, that, that was always the joke was was uh, that. But, I mean, it's just – it's also so sad. I mean, just three weeks she would have hit 100, and they were planning this huge big event. I'm sure they're still going to do something in memoriam um, – in memorial Apparently, to her. People Magazine actually shipped her 100th birthday out to stores. Um, so, I mean, it was that close. So you know what that yeah, means? It's their fault. They jinxed it. You know. You, you know what this means? Scalpers are going to be. Yeah. You know, I got that. I got that hundred. That hundredth issue. You know. 50, exactly. Fifty bucks, and it's like, no, nah, my dude. Like, nah, I'm good. I, I don't even do scalpers for Comic Con. Fuck scalpers. Right. So, I uh, wanted to address that because that is a a, a big deal. Um, other things in news uh, that I just want to briefly bring up. Uh, it is confirmed. The Matrix uh, Resurrections has been declared a box office bomb. Uh, barely made back most of its 190 million uh, wow. in theaters. Um, the, most people are blaming uh, an overhyped marketing, uh, polarizing reviews, and just the fact that it came out following Spider-Man: No Way Home, which, as we which know. Which is like which, number twelve movie in history now. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is the the juggernaut of the thing. And unfortunately, I got to say this. I mean, I feel if more people were going to be getting Omicron, it was going to be due to Spider Man than Neo. So, uh, so did did all of us see the new Matrix? Uh, no, yeah, I, I only watched I watched half of it on Christmas, but we started it like midnight. And I just <laughs> Honestly, I after the second one, I. I just kind of called it a day. I would want to check it out, but I was like, I still haven't brought myself to watch the third Matrix after how great the second one was. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it was desperately trying to, in, in my opinion, it was definitely definitely trying to poke fun of it, itself. You know, it, it's uh, didn't really seem like a serious movie. Like like every other scene was just trying to make some sort of social commentary about you know, reboots and and, uh, and relaunches of series and stuff. It's just yeah. it was ridiculous. I think yeah, they, not- they made a joke about, um, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, pardon me. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm totally blanking out in my brain. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers was going to oh, yeah. do it anyway. Yep. And uh, thanks, babe. Thank you, Miss Harley. Brain fart. Um, so, yeah, they were going to do it one way or another, so they might as well get a payday. Yeah. So, so, um, so yeah. So that uh, I'm trying to think of anything else big in the comic world is happening. Um, books are being published and things are being made, and 
somehow we're still buying it. Um, I do want to say this one thing before we get really into if anyone else is on contribute. I think that we really need to cut back on supporting so many Batman books because we don't need eight, seven Batman titles right now. I mean, that's a lot, man. And don't get me wrong, I love Batman, but by God, eight different titles, like eight? Eight. I think it's like eight or seven or six. All okay. I know it's it's far too many. Yeah. Like Hasn't two. It been that way forever, Drew. It has, but in lately. I just feel like they're, they're really pumping that. They're just really pumping their big sellers. And it's just like, what about the underdogs? What about the little guys? You know, they could like, really? Well, I agree with that. Definitely tone it down. But I think they need to do quality over quantity because uh, titles chances too, though. Like, yeah. Uh, well, what are you reading recently, uh, Kevin? I'm not really reading much. Oh, no. Um, I am reading Blue and Gold, no shock. Huh. Uh, I am re reading Justice League just because of the backup story is Justice League Dark, mm -hmm. shock. Uh, I am reading X Men, despite the fact that I bitch about it on a regular basis. And I think that's really yeah. it. I'm just picking up trades, and like I was excited about the the new uh, the Justice was it the Justice Society Infinite or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was picking up Justice League on the the one Odyssey was it Odyssey? No, crap. The one you the one is a continuation of Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, it yeah, it's in Justice League, isn't it's it? Like yeah, no, I, I know what you're talking you about. You recommended it to me, so I don't know. I was checking it out, so well, the only reason I recommended it to him is one, J.M. DeMattis, who is also the writer, everybody, for the Constantine City of Demons movie that we're going to review, um, is writing the book. He does a fantastic job. And the reason I recommended it to Kevin is because he's a huge Booster Gold fan. Huge. Yeah. Second to none. And there's a moment where Booster Gold is like running away with a tray of Rice Krispies. And I said to myself, wow, Kevin would totally do that. And just right. mid-battle, just claim a plate of... Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> just, it was just, the first time. It, it, it was so random that I was like, yes, perfect. Um, now, Drew, I've been so inundated this week with Constantine mm -hmm. um, in preparation of this. Right. And so I had to ask Kevin, what yeah. was what was it about Constantine? Was it like the first time you read it? Was there a particular comic? What touched you about that character? No, no, I just, I mean, I've always been interested in stuff like the dark side of the reality and like the occult and people who kind of flip the bird at the superhero. I mean, come on, I grew up with the '90s and the '90s trench coat antihero, so it mm -hmm. should come as no surprise that. The ultimate '90s trench coat anti-hero is John Constantine. Mm -hmm. I didn't pick him up until like years later. Though. I wasn't even like I was aware of him on my periphery, and I think I picked up a couple traits here and there just randomly. And I think really it was after reaching reading Preacher that I was like, "What else has Garth Ennis done?" And especially Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon. So like mm -hmm. that run that those two did on Constantine. On Hellblazer was absolutely amazing. So mm -hmm. nice. And absolutely. and how long till you actually got the tattoos? 
Uh, well, I got one with just one because I do have other tattoos that kind of get in the way. But uh, I think it was like three, four years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a couple years into cosplaying Constantine. Sure, sure. But yeah, the first time I put it on, so easy, so comfortable. Just, just be a bastard. It's delightful. It is. <laughs> it, it, it's also really nice, as rich as you know, to do a cosplay that you can basically blend in in the public and you don't have people looking at you in funny ways or asking to take your photo. It's like, it's just a, a blonde boy in, in a trench coat. Like, nobody's going to care. Well, like, I mean, on that, like, same type of thing of like, I was walking for a couple years, like, a couple years back, I was walking through uh, Terrytown around Halloween, dressed in the, my Constantine gear. And I was just looking like a normal bloke. And then just someone across the street just yells Constantine at me. I was like, that guy, <laughs> my hometown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shut up, demon. But, yeah. I'm, as I'm about to go into like some thrift shop, I'm like, ah, my people. They know. They know what's up. <laughs> they, the relics know. Um. So, and it's it's actually funny because I, just like you, Kevin, I was always aware of the character, and then I feel like for me, the introduction to Constantine was actually the Keanu Reeves movie. Because I was like, wow, this is fucking dope. Um, and I know it's like, oh, it wasn't really Constantine. I was like, okay, whatever. You know, it, 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 it's still pretty good. And then you read some of the stories and especially the Vertigo stuff. I mean, yeah. not, not, not taking away anything that there have been some good Hellblazer stories from DC. I'm gonna yeah, but the Vertigo stuff is so much. Yeah, it, so- it's on another level, especially because not only is John Constantine not a superhero, you know, he's literally the last person you want to save the world. He, he, he makes mistakes. He curses. He drinks. He does an insane amount of drugs. Um, he is a walking fucking nightmare. But he gets the and job done. he will done. sacrifice a lot of people to get the job done. Absolutely. And I think the thing about John is he's not perfect and that's what makes him so realistic also he's one of the few characters and i don't know if you guys realize this he was one of the few characters who also naturally aged like near the end of hellblazer it was like we celebrated his 60th birthday of course before they de-aged him and they switched over to dc so i think by now one of the only characters who is still naturally aging properly is judge dread so old man well batman they aged as well Oh, well, a, a, a little then they, bit. Then a they little. forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So, I, is there anything else current events that you guys wanted to to discuss? Well, just uh, just for comics, real quick. Uh, everybody's been a buzz about the latest uh, DC vampires. Apparently, like, uh, is it how, good? I, I read the last issue, and it's uh, seems okay. It's um, but. Apparently, like uh, Hal Jordan is like evil in it. A lot of people are like, <laughs> "Okay, it never happened. That's never happened before." <laughs> yeah, Hal Jordan, an evil scumbag. Alex, sorry, Well, something caught in my throat. Uh, <laughs> and, and spoiler, he he hypnotizes Wonder Woman and and turns her over. So it's just uh, turns yeah. her over. What well, just turns her in, into a vampire. Oh, so, all right. Yeah. So and yeah, yeah it, it's uh. Like, it's an interesting book. I mean, other than Green Arrow staking the crap out of vampires with the arrows, I mean, there, there's no other draw for that guy. 
Yeah, it would be Oliver Queen being the Van Helsing of the group. Bitter, telling everyone I told you so, and and still wearing that fucking hat. Ain't that right, Kevin? Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the cats. All my familiars are yelling at me. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, Leo, do do you have a little a little Sophia episode? I do, I do, I do. So, uh, so this was published, uh, da- uh, Dangerous Habits, Hellblazer, uh, mm-hmm. published May through October of 1991, and uh, I have a little video where we're going to take a little trip back into 1991, and uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> so we're going to do this right. We're going to get the time circuits going. Travel back to 1991. Captain, time travel circuit set for 1991. So speaking of 1991, gas cost us a whopping $1.14 a gallon. Also that year, Kentucky Fried Chicken officially renamed themselves to KFC. And a little thing known as a World Wide Web was launched. I actually remember somebody saying, oh, it's just going to be a fad. Yeah, okay. So movie tickets cost us a whopping $4.21. We spent that. To go see Terminator 2, Star Trek 6, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Go turtle, go turtle, go. Okay, so if you stayed home, you were probably watching Cheers like me, uh, Murphy Brown, and Dinosaurs. And we all got up early on Saturday to watch Saturday morning cartoons. And uh, we watched Muppet Babies, Back to the Future, and Bill and Ted. And yes, those were actually cartoons. Uh, also earlier, like Happy Days and stuff. There, there's been a lot of crazy cartoons. We got to do a show on it. Anyway, finally, for us comic dorks, it was the beginning of the end. The market was flooded with X-Men reboots. Uh, so X-Men 1 through 5, it was the top-selling comic. But honestly, you know, how many of us have 20 copies of each issue on our closet just collecting dust? Uh, okay, so also that year, Infinity Gauntlet was going on. That's 1991. I still have 20 copies of X-Men number one, so yes. Yeah, yeah, Leo, that was too real. Because I also have all the interlocking issues signed by Chris Claremont. Oh my god. All the the covers, and I absorbed someone else's collection. Of course, I had multiples, and I was like, god damn, I can't get rid of these damn things. And it's funny, funny, a side note, that that actually, that issue, I think issue one holds a Guinness World Record for most copies sold if i'm correct like so well, big, yeah because you had, you had all the interlocking issues and then you had like the special that had like all of yeah. them in like a poster mm-hmm. yeah. yeah the fold out one and yeah well in jim lee we trust so that's basically yeah. what, it, what it really came down to i mean come on if, if jim lee can make 11 issues of all-star batman and robin when no one else really wanted it Anything's possible. But um, thank you, Leo. Every time I'm like, wow, I really wish we could go to the movies back in 1991 because $4 a ticket sounds great. Oh, yeah. And gas, too. I mean, holy crap. Fucking mm-hmm. chains. Not too bad. All right. So dangerous habits. But first, before we start, um, uh, Kevin, would you like to give a little introduction or a little bio about uh your favorite cosplayer maybe say some things or should we just jump right into that uh what that help that help pool jump right into the help pool okay we're gonna jump into the help pool kids nice yeah, do it 
Okay, so dangerous, dangerous habits. So this light is, the candles, light the candles, boys and girls. <laughs> dangerous Good. habits. Yeah, too many kittens around here. Can't do that. So dangerous habits is an, a story arc written by writer Garth Ennis, and I believe it's illustrated by Will Simpson. Um, yes. Yes. Published uh, 1991. Hellblazer issues uh, 42 to 46. Uh, and yes, everybody, 46 is important because it is the epilogue of the series. So if you want a true Constantine ending, read that issue. Um, so this is one of the most famous, in my opinion, one of the most famous and crucial Constantine stories, simply because John Constantine is dying. And he's not dying because he's been cursed. He's not dying because he's got, I don't know, some hell illness. He has... He has lung cancer from smoking cigarettes and this entire story is him basically trying to come to terms with that death trying to find a way to cheat the death and in the end trying not to pay as big of a price as someone like him would as kevin puts it since he's regularly flipping off the damned yeah so um, as I was saying to Kevin before we started, I've been meaning to read this story for ages. So this gave me a good excuse. And honestly, this is, this was fantastic, but and I'm, it's Darth mm. Ennis's first constant Hellblazer story. Like, wow. that's how he started Hellblazer. He kicked open doors. Like I'm killing Constantine. Wow. That's it. I did not know that. That is awesome. So, and yeah, if you, yeah, the, this this volume has the story proceeding, and then with this introduction and just made this <laughs> new fancier edition, uh -huh. uh, where he based where Garth's introduction is like, yeah, so you know, they gave me a shot of the comic and decided to kill Constantine. Screw it, nailed it. So because beforehand it was it was all like very meta and mm -hmm. great, it's great writing, but but Garth. No, yeah. I did not know who she this character was in the story. They don't explain oh, her. Oh, I guess you yeah. be more oh, of a Constantine oh, fan. Yeah. Oh, that's uh well they, they explained earlier because when Constantine is can we we're talking about we're gonna go into details. Uh Constantine's looking to see if he could cure cancer, so he visits one of his old friends, and that is his old friend's ex. But his old mm -hmm. friend also bites it, so yeah, Which is a very very important moment in the dangerous habits. So essentially, and Rich, I can answer that. So that character, I believe her name is Elaine. Kit. She, no, no, that's not Kit. Kit shows up at the oh. end. I think this is Elaine. She's the succubus from Hell. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Succubus from Hell. Okay. I I thought she yeah, was she some kind of demon, but I just wasn't sure what form. Sorry, my I'm looking this on a phone. So it's all good. No worries. But so. Yeah, I mean, come on, that's not a human face right there. That smile yeah, is yeah. way too sinister for me. I mean, that's that's a meme-worthy face right there. Okay. Kid. My bad. But yeah. yeah. But one, yeah, she's one to suck you by that, yeah, Constantine is on good terms with. But yes. she's still she's still a fucking demon. Being a cunt. So um Honestly, I'm just going to say this. This was fantastic. Um, but one of my favorite moments was when he visited his friend in Ireland. 
and he goes to drink and he finds out the guy essentially made like magic beer out of uh, what appears to be almost like a Lazarus pit like uh, pool of holy water that he turned into like the most the best beer in the world. I was like, I'm done. This is fantastic. It's in the bottom not, of a light. Not just that. He sold his soul to be able to make the best alcohol. Yeah, like like what a, what a cheap, dumb way, but still some of us have been like, right on. That's cool. You know, that's, a guy, uh, that's a guy who should have probably gone to an AA meeting. But... Yeah, yeah that, kind that, of drank, that... drank himself to death. Like yeah. literally. I, I, honestly, that was pretty spectacular. That and I was just thinking, like, oh, thank God it's not PBR. Um, but for me, right. come on, come on. Yeah, but for me, the fact that he tricked originally the character who I thought was Death, and then I realized it's actually a demon, or it might be the demon. That he, how he he gets the one up on him. He tricks him into drinking the beer. He smashes him in the face with a bottle leaving him to essentially like dissolve because he's basically swallowed the uh, unholy equivalent of battery acid. Well, uh, it, it looks like he falls into the, uh, the water as well. Yeah. So the, the point, uh, holy water. Absolutely. So the point being is that all of this is just to buy his friend some time because his deal is very time specific to me. That is literally the ballsiest, one of the ballsiest things I've ever seen John Constantine do. I mean, and it, it just proves, again, in my mind, how that his, his main tool is not the fact that he can do magic, is that he is a cunning, manipulative fuck. And it's fantastic. Like, again, he's the, he's the guy you don't want to root for, but by God, in the end, you're cheering for him. I mean, it's literally the devil, though, he screwed over. Yeah, exactly. Which is a... pretty, pretty great. So that was, more, I have to say, that was one once. of my favorites. So, yep. so that that's my two cents. I will recommend this to any fan. If someone loved Sandman or like Hellboy or whatnot, I would say this is right up their alley. So, uh, I don't know, Kevin or Leo or Rich, if you want to take it from there. But yeah, I think maybe. I'm going to jump in for a second. Um, you know, this is really interesting when you're when you're faced with the subject of death. And uh, the way Garth Ennis wrote this, um, you know, there's anger and acceptance and denial. And then, of course, then there's the John Constantine. And bargaining, bargaining, and bargaining. Because uh, yeah. he definitely goes around. He goes, he tries to call in every single favor he can. He's going to demons. He's going to angels. He's going to other magicians. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when you're John Constantine, you know the people you know. And they even reference a uh, swamp thing in it. And I guess... Swamp thing. He even says like Swamp Thing's pissed off at him still, so good luck with that. Yep. So I mean, he goes at every all corners and just and you're a man like constantly. But yeah, unlike a lot of other issues of Hellblazer too, it's not like he's not trying to be a detective. He's literally just dealing with his own mortality, which I kind of want to say is why he's like not in a not in a tie. He's in a sweater the whole series because he's off the he's off duty. He's just trying to deal with his uh what he has in front of him. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Rich, what were you, uh, uh, did, did you, was there more to your point about him yeah, doing? No, I, yeah. I, I just thought the, 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 the subject of death and way Garth approached it and, 
just the breakdown. I mean, it, it's definitely worth a read, and it's it's quite introspective if you, if you read it slowly. And I actually there were a couple pages I had to like read again and again, and I was like, "Whoa, I can't believe that that's the way he's going at this." And, you know, mm-hmm. Really complex. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, it's notable too. He's also like he befriends a guy in a cancer ward when he's kind of considering his options, and it kind of sees that some people like. John never accepts his, he never really accepts his fate, but he does show a guy who is, has accepted that he's dying of cancer. Like, hell, that's all there's to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, while Constantine Barger, Bart has all the other stages, the stage of acceptance is shown through this uh, cancer patient that he uh, encounters and befriends mm-hmm. until, yeah, cancer gets yeah. that guy, finally. Yeah, but. Leo, what what did you think, Leo? Uh, no, no, I, I I totally agree. I I, uh, I, I absolutely loved it. It, it was, um, and I think I was talking uh, previously uh, before we connected, Drew, where I picked mm-hmm. up the graphic novel and uh, I I didn't realize the story we we're supposed to read was like midway through. So uh, I read like the first like you know ten books yeah, prior to it, and it's like yeah. So you read the other one, the the collected, the more collected volume five versus yeah. The, original one they released years and years ago which yep. is just dangerous habits yeah it's uh and there were some weird stories in there but uh you know like uh uh the the kid that's being abused by his dad that's the butcher that was extremely yeah. fucked up yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, get, get to constantine th- meeting his evil his, no, i'm sorry no sorry not his evil twin his uh his good twin because constantine's actually the evil twin that constantine yep. john murdered in the womb yeah, and then that weird thing where where he like goes into the future and grows old and then comes back. Yeah, it's, it's definitely some weird stories in there. But this was was a breath of fresh air. Absolutely was was phenomenal. My my favorite part was definitely the relationship. You know, as he's going into the cancer ward uh, and trying to see you know where he's going to end up and uh, just befriending that old man and uh, you know just. Uh, you know, realizing, you know, at the very end that he forgot to say goodbye to him and race to him. And it's just uh, definitely, you know, pulled at the heart, but it's just a very realistic story. And it's just uh, intermixed with all these demons and everything. And I think another thing is that really important to note that that Garth Innes really does enjoy incorporating war and war stories into a lot of his work. Um, I've definitely noticed this that I've, I've seen this in a lot of his stuff. Um, he's very yeah. much a person who he, he likes incorporating veterans and their stories of war and whatnot, because I feel like he sees it as a, a very accurate depiction of the best and the worst of humanity. And it's funny because I, I've seen war stories and veterans in characters in this, like through, uh, this first friend, Matt, I've seen this in his uh, story with in, his collaboration with John McCrea on The Demon, uh, same with his collaboration with McCrea on uh, Hitman, uh, The Boys, you see, you know, veterans, um, Preacher. And then I feel like in even he's even done comics where he's talked about war itself. It's, it's, it's definitely a constant thing. And even when he was writing punisher for for marvel same thing you know frank castle is a is a you know a veteran from vietnam so you definitely have that appreciation but it it doesn't feel forced it it's not just for sympathy it's just the reality you know um 
I mean, but I will also say, but I mean, what a fucking way to end this story, right? That that's that is John Constantine in the way. He beats death. He literally fucks over the devil, and he still has enough gall to give it a middle finger. Yep. I mean, I mean, he'll regret it, but yeah, he. Yeah, you you don't you don't give a royal fuck you to the devil, and not have to pay the pay the piper when when it comes. But yeah, um, I mean, but Garth setting it up like the the image of Constantine that everyone knows, like that just the line, "I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and cigarette, arrogance ready to deal with the madness." Like that is what everyone's view of Constantine became after Ennis had his way with him. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, um. So Kevin, so were there? I mean, I'm sure the whole thing is your favorite part, but was there anything that we haven't brought up that was a, a favorite moment of yours that you wanted to to highlight in that series? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it is like the very fact that he tricks three three of the highest level demons around the devil and like two others, mm-hmm. and just plays them off of each other, like the ultimate swindle. Which, I mean. Just playing, kind of like him, his arrogance playing other, the the most arrogant against themselves. Like, who's more arrogant than the devil himself? Really, like he who's mm-hmm. never been tricked, the ultimate trickster who's never been tricked before. Others mm-hmm. think they're clever, but and then John's like, I got you, I I, I got your number, bro. And, and and it's so funny because later on he realizes how dangerous that was and how oh. what could have happened. And how his arrogance not only almost doomed humanity, but it almost doomed all of creation. I mean, if those three entities had gone to war, yeah. hell would have fallen apart. Then he would have got heaven involved. And then that's going to catch the earth in the middle. So all of this over one soul. Just, yeah, just himself. Because he did because he doesn't want to go to hell. He right. wants to go on he wants to go on his own terms. Exactly. So And there and there are repercussions down the line if you end up reading further, pick up the other issues after that and like the whole run because i mean it's he pissed off the devil come on yeah the, the devil's not gonna let that lie so there's always okay. a price there's oh and and that is i think one of my favorite things that i've seen no matter what whether it's dc marvel um you know dark horse and everything there's this universal understanding that magic is not a free lunch there's always a price you pay whether you're dr strange whether you're Rasputin, whether you're Dr. Fate, you pay a price for whatever you do. And the bigger the spell, the bigger the price. And I think it's just definitely you see that that John, again, he doesn't, I guess he's still magic. He just clearly will use it. But John is just as dangerous without his magic than he is with it. So he's a threat no matter what because of everything. And, you know, that that to me is, is again, you know, more reason why he's he's lived so long is John Constantine is a human being. You know, he's yeah. kind of the Batman of, of supernatural. You know, you do not want to rely on him. A lot of the times you don't like him, but he gets results. And eventually he will die and, you know, people will spit on his funeral but you know the world will still keep spinning um i don't know was there anything else that you guys wanted to 
I, I just have to say uh, the demons here, I, I found it hilarious where they were changing shape. You have Elvis there. And then mm -hmm. I had to look and uh, figure out, you know, uh, um, when did this come out? Because that looked like Will Smith doing the Aladdin, but it's uh, obviously came out way before. Right. The Arabian Nights. Yeah. Yeah. I saw one of the, like the shapeshifter. Yeah. One of the three. Um, just couldn't couldn't decide. I also think it was just such fucking parody that the devil showed up as Jesus. Like, wow, what a what a fuck you to to dying man, you know. Um, so it, it, and I think again, this is also a perfect segue that having read this, I now realize that a lot of it, or not a lot of it, but like I would say. 40% of it you will find in the 2005 Constantine movie. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. what a perfect way to segue. I totally <laughs> nonchalant. So, so uh so obviously we've all seen the 2005 movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. So why did it fail? Difference. It's just two differences, I guess. Yeah, I, I I have a theory about that. One, I feel that the market wasn't as superhero conscious as our our modern day markets are. I mean, by then you'd only had one Hellboy, right? That was like two thousand three. Um, you know, you'd had two Blade movies, so you know, vampires are still cool, but you know, Twilight hasn't killed it yet. Um. You had you had the success of the Spider-Man and the X-Men movies, but then you had every studio buying up properties and trying to see which ones worked, and a lot of them didn't work because you know you can't just rush greatness. Um, Constantine, the re reason being is is that one they were going to name it Hellblazer, but they were like, no, nah, that's too close to Hellboy. No, so they named it Constantine. But the main thing was that. Keanu Reeves does not look in any way like John, you know, black hair, right? And black hair, black hair. No, he's not from London or yeah. Liverpool. Mm -hmm. he, he, he's just an occultist. And then there was that. He, he doesn't wear the trench coat. And then I think even some people had issues with the fact that he used primarily stuff from christian mythology yeah it's it's really heavy hand with catholicism mm -hmm. like there he's not a magician he's barely even a con man he's it's a lot of he's basically an exorcist who doesn't work for the church but still right and and the novelization tried really kind of elaborating on that a little bit that because uh, at least this version was a bit more versed in Christian things than other cultures. But I guess in the novelization, he does use other cultures, magic or spells or artifacts and whatnot. So I just think it was the time. And then Leo is like you said before, I think just the critics just obliterated it. Yeah. Um, and people didn't love Keanu back then. Like they love him now. Right. If this had right, been right. released. Like, if during... this was like, yeah, if this was post, if they did this post uh, John Wick, Oh, oh, you know, right. through the roof, through. Oh, yeah. But honestly, I remember when I saw this first, I thought it was great because, again, at that time, I didn't really know a lot about John Constantine. 
So, you know, you just see this guy, you know, um, flipping off demons and mirrors, uh, pulling off all kinds, you know, sending uh, swarms of scavengers to hell with essentially what I found was lighting a cloth, which was tatters of Moses's robe from the Old Testament. Oh, okay. I like, yeah, I know. I was like, wow, that's fucking cool. You know, and all this stuff. And he's got the one-liners and he's got certain things that are very John that no matter who his friends are, they'll die. Um, and And certain things. But I mean, honestly... <laughs> I understand why it became a cult movie because I feel like once you kind of overlook some of its flaws, you realize it is really entertaining and it does stick to certain things that are very, in my mind, Hellblazer-ish. Like, Kevin, what, what do you think? I mean, it's a, it is a Hellblazer story. Like, ultimately, at the end of the day, I mean, it is Dangerous Habits. I mean, instead, I mean, Gabriel's a snob. I mean, it, he mm -hmm. deals with a lot of the same issues of lung cancer, which I think that was mostly an excuse. Oh, sorry, kitten. Mm. Uh, wow. I think they did gave him lung cancer so they could have him smoke, which is probably their way around it. Mm. Like consequences. Uh, I mean, it's a Hellblazer story, so you can't really just complete crap on it just because they cast the person who's nuts. The least John Constantine, John Constantine to play John Constantine. Right. And he doesn't really look like he just like rolled out of a gutter, so they, he was a little, little pretty. But it was a Hellblazer story. It right. Had, had all had your characters pop a midnight and and had some great great props and great uh great things they built upon into the mythology of Constantine. So mm -hmm. I mean, come on, the Ace of Winchester's right. yeah. young Ch young Chaz. Young Chaz, mm -hmm. the holy brass knuckles. Oh yeah, that was cool. You know the lighter, which I mean, yeah, dragon's breath. You yeah. know, I thought you, could, I thought you couldn't get it anymore. Well, I know I'm going. I know well, going. And, and the best part, it killed off Sheila LaBeouf. I mean, uh, very <laughs> we Sheila LaBeouf, who's coming off of Even Steven or whatever. Yeah, we whole the holes era, Shia. Where it's like I still like you now. God, we were trying to save the world, but some, but some, but but Michael Bay would have just put someone else in Transformers, so we were doomed either way. Um, but I will also say that I did learn some things because I was doing some research behind the scenes. I did learn of some deleted scenes that I'm kind of sad didn't make it in the film that there apparently was a storyline where John had relations with a half human um, who I believe I, 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 I think we heard the actress's name was Michelle Madsen. Um, and she was supposed to be a big part. And she actually shows up in a scene in the movie, which again, if you didn't ever watch the deleted scene, then you can watch them all online. Everybody we looked up Constantine deleted scenes. Um, she shows up in one scene in the movie when John is raining down the holy water on all the half breeds in the in the in the hotel room. She's the one who's like holy water and then spazzes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's her. So apparently okay. there was a, there were scenes where she's like seen in bed talking to John, and I think it's similar to when he was talking to Ellie in the comic, where he's like, you know, is there maybe something you can do? Which is like, I don't fuck with the boss, you know. 
Um, and speaking of, um, Rich, I know you totally gave proper credit to Tilda Swanson, uh, whose Gabriel performance was fantastic. Um, I also want to give proper credit to Peter Stormare. I know he oh always played the amazing, but his version of, of Lucifer was just fucking delightful. The, the disgusting and a bastardization of everything. Yeah. So, and, and, um, and if you if you guys have not seen this movie yet, um, for the people out there, I know we all have. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Stormare is uh, in a, in the American Gods TV show. He played Chernabog, which he also put a brilliant performance. Yes. Um, that, and he's played. Uh, he was in John Wick too, as one of the gangsters. So he's mm-hmm. worked with Keanu before, and. Uh, Man, they, I think they play well off each other. And Swinton and Peter Stormare, like you said, at the end there, oh, my God, it just sends chills down your spine. It was brilliantly done. Gabriel, Tilda Swanson was so perfect as Gabriel because the way that they made her was perfectly, in my mind, androgynous. Like, she could be both masculine and feminine at the same time. But... And just had this just very... She kind of had a David Bowie thing going for her. Yeah, actually. that's mm-hmm. a perfect... I like, I'm watching, I'm like, she channel, she's being David Bowie here. I'm, I'm here for it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. And and now, again, having read Dangerous Habits, like the scene with the snob, yeah, yeah. a.k.a. Gabriel, was yeah. just wonderfully adapted in, in its own context. And I also got to say, one of my favorite moments was when John fights the demon that's made of all the bugs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he uses the 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 scarab beetle, which yeah, the demon, yeah and uh, that like the demon fights were some of my favorite. That or when he really gets the scavengers away, and he's just demons stay in hell. Yeah, tell them that. You know that that very much John Constantine. Yep, I know I'm not fucking crazy. Um, the. It, and I will give credit, Rachel Weiss did a really good job, but I will say when I first watched the movie, the, the, the twins thing did throw me off because it's like it's like you are, but you aren't. Like, am I losing my mind here? And then it's biological twins, psychics, and I'm just like... Sure. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, fine. But I was, I was kind of glad that there wasn't really any real romance because I feel like that would have been very cliche. But um, at the same time, Constantine in the comic books would have absolutely had sex with her. Oh, 100%. And she would have regretted the hell out of it. You would have um, also, can we? I also feel like we, have, we should discuss their interpretation of hell. Yeah. It was very unique. Just like a burnt, it's like the upside down, basically. The upside down before the upside down was the thing. From Stranger Things, right? That's what yeah. you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just see, like a. I, I, I took it like a a, uh, a nuclear, you know, uh, attack happened. You know that. That's, no, that, that's kind of how I, I think when I saw it years ago, that's what I thought it was too. But yeah, no, that still, is. Yeah. No, the, the the director Francis Lawrence, who would later on uh, make a little bit more of a career for himself after doing this, uh, he directed I think one or two of the Hunger Games films. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah. definitely said that that's what they were aiming for, kind of like an irradiated wasteland of the world. So, you know, that's why you got the dust and everything is on. He basically it made sense that a world on fire would look that way. Right. So, but we're talking um, about 17 years ago. I mean, the special effects really held up well. Yeah. yeah they, 
Oh, they totally did. And it's it's really yeah, amazing. I watch and nothing is like, oh, that's so CGI. Like, like you watch movies like two years ago and you're like, that's totally, you can see the CGI. And that's like, no, it's, it's clean. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like when you're watching Matrix Reloaded and you're seeing the scenes with the, the Smiths and you're like, it's like, listen, this was cool at the time, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the cracks here, my dude. Like a human face does not look like that. Um, Shark still looks fake. You know what? You got to stop. You got to let it go, Leo. <laughs> You just you gotta let it go, man. Um, but again, I, I just want to say I really don't know why it got such hell, pun intended, at the time. I I really still enjoy it, and I have no problem rewatching it every once in a while because it's just fun. It's a a dumb, entertaining supernatural film. It's not. I mean, yes, does it have flaws? Yes, some of the dialogue yeah. is, is just bad. I think when I picked it up, when I finally picked up a copy a couple years ago and I watched, I was like, this isn't a bad movie. It's just not necessarily Constantine, because, like, that's mm-hmm. it. Like, so from a comic book fan, like, well, why'd you cast that dude? Like, come on. Yeah. You couldn't find one British blonde guy to, mm-hmm. who's, like, a name enough to do the job. Right. So, Leo, what did you, th- I don't think, I know, Rich, you chimed in some. Um, but Leo, what did you think about it? Oh, I, I absolutely love Constantine, and and I have since I uh, I saw it at the theater when it came out, and just mm-hmm. it's you know I'm a Keanu Reeves fan, and just uh, you know I, I, he can't do no wrong. Well, except I, Matrix. <laughs> I, I, I will say this though, and I, I need to give one more person. I don't know his name, but the the actor who played Balthazar was fantastically sleazy. Uh, uh, Gavin Rosdale. Yeah. Of, uh, the band Bush. Oh, that I didn't even realize that was Gavin. Wow. Yeah. He, God, he was he was perfect. The the coin. Just a, just a beautiful uh, asshole. Yeah, just a smarmy fuck. Especially I loved when he basically tricked him into revealing the plan by the the fake absolution. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta like, wanna be absolved, asshole. And I was just like, I can't. <laughs> Like, God damn it. Like, again, John, he's like, John, you, you, we're running out of time. Can you not insult the demon? Like, can we wrap this up? Um, so but that, fantastic. Um, but before we get to City of Demons, um, I do have to ask, because it is totally my nature, uh, which Kevin will know, because I've had conversations like this. And Rich, I'm sure you've seen this. And Leo, well, you know my tangents. So... Kevin, you've been doing Constantine for a long time. Do you have yeah. any fun stories? Um, <laughs> you know, we want to talk about the trench coats. I got to watch um, it. So, yeah. Yeah. So that definitely we need to talk about. But let's go back to the trench coats. Oh, look, it's me. God, <laughs> no. Um, and there's me again. And Lady Z. Uh, My wife, you know. Uh, Let's start here. Kevin. Okay. Kevin, can you explain why you have so many trench coats? Uh, I mean, that is, and there's actually like technically one preceding all those ones. Cause like, so I was trying to find the right trench coat for the right look. So like the first one I got wasn't happy. So then I, a lot of good, a lot of trips to the good, good, goodwill. So, uh, mm-hmm. most of them are goodwill trench coats. Uh, so like, the first one I had, I didn't like, so I got another one. That's the one actually, probably the one all the way to the left is the okay. one I wear the most. It's the one I have right here. 
so when I, is, I, is that Kevin? I'm sorry to interrupt. Is that more of the Vertigo one? Yeah, definitely much more of the Vertigo one. Uh, then I, after the Matt Ryan NBC Constantine came out, I wanted to try to find a code like that one. Mm-hmm. And so the closest I found was like on eBay from like, as a costume one, it's literally a costume trench coat. So it's super lightweight, has a good mm-hmm. look for the Matt Ryan style, but it's mm-hmm. a costume, it's a costume one. And then, uh, one of my friends that when I was in drag, when I went to Dragon Con, so the first time I really went to Dragon Con, well, the only time I really went to Dragon Con was mm-hmm. like right after they had filmed Constantine. And if you didn't know, the TV show Constantine was actually filmed around Atlanta. So mm-hmm. a lot of people who obviously in the geek community worked on the show. So one of my friends, his wife actually was the costume designer on when the constant on the show. Cool. And through him, I found out that his coat is, uh, is a Burberry and also found heard the delightful story of because of the Burberry lining is, trademarks or whatever whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, whatever the legal term is they couldn't mm-hmm. use it they didn't have the rights to so they had to remove the lining from the coat because you know Burberry will get pissed off and those right. coats are not cheap so it like broke her soul so after that I was like oh I gotta get myself a Burberry coat like the gods Burberry coats even used ones on eBay are not cheap so mm-hmm. got that one and then I picked up a uh, coat uh, for a completely unrelated cosplay off of Wish, and I liked the style of it, so I got it in. I got another one in tan, so that's mm. pretty much. And then one more trip to the Goodwill resulted in like a matching coat for this one, except it has a nice lining that I could zip in and out. So like you know those nice December outdoor shoots, it's so I don't freeze my tuckers off. Mm. So, and I'm still technically unfortunately on the hunt for a screen accurate Matt Ryan trench coat, but I'm not dropping like five hundred dollars or whatever for intent to coat. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you know you got different ones. So you got the costume coat and the lighter coats for like the the, the hot New York summers and uh then you got mm-hmm. the ones with lining and then just got my general my general coat that has plenty of big room for pockets. I so many things like whip out those pockets at moments notice and uh just looks good just looks disheveled and uh the type of thing that yeah that that's the goal right there the matt ryan coat but uh yeah no like, it's nice to have a coat that makes me look like i woke up in a gutter and i haven't slept in three days and i've and there's demons on my ass so it's always good to have a at this so, point if i if i get blood mm-hmm. on it Beer, whatever, who cares? Yeah, and John Constantine. So more authentic. I, I do have to ask Kevin because I've I've seen it, but our, our our viewers is the first time they're meeting you. So, have you done other versions of John? Uh, I've done. Uh, I technically did the DC Bombshells version of John. Well, a variation of it because if you read the DC Bombshell series, he kind of appears. Uh, infiltrating the SS and I'm I'm not doing that. So uh that is not a good look for me. Uh mm-hmm. so I have a World War II era very heavy wool trench coat that I wear. Um I do have a black trench coat to do the more the latest run of Just Sleep Dark where mm-hmm. 
where ma- all the magic is being taken out. Right. Um, so I, yeah, but mostly I do the Hellblazer series, Constantine. I, and yes, there is a funny suit, Constantine, out there. There is. It's there adorable. is. There is. There is. It, or just it, or just the bunny ears. Now, Kevin, so, since we know that you don't uh, hmm. love the Keanu version of Constantine, what did you think of the Matt Ryan version of Constantine? Oh, of course, I love it. Of course, I love it. Okay. All right. Yeah. No. I should also mention I have a mucus membrane costume, mucus membrane version of Constantine too. So that does that is exists. Indeed. Uh, yeah. but. Yeah, no, the Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan is great. He's he's Welsh, which isn't quite British, but close enough for all of us Americans to not be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. He's not blonde, but he his dye job does a job. And yeah, he pulls out the swagger and arrogance just right, and it looks like a man who smokes thirty pack thirty six packs of thirty cigarettes a day since he was fifteen. Indeed. And he will probably have sex with anything man woman or demon 100 percent, or city uh, or city yeah or city. dear, dear I mean, god sometimes you got to bang a city so <laughs> but before we get into that there's one more thing so um leo if you can roll the uh the group shot i think our viewers definitely need to know about that we need we need we need not that one that you know, that's the pearl man so, so Kevin, I definitely think we, we have to tell that story. Because yeah. It's pretty amazing. So I'll, I'll let you start and then I'll just chip in later. I mean, obviously, this was at Wizard World, Philadelphia. Uh, we knew Matt Ryan was there. That was probably the main reason uh, we were both there as well. as yeah, I think that was that was the main reason you and I went. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacqueline, my wife, uh, I think she was there partially because uh, some other reunion was there, there, but yeah, I mean, she was there with me. I mean, I drove, so let's be honest. Uh, but yeah, this was like my chance to see Matt Ryan. I was like, screw it. I, I, I'll make the trip out. I'll make it happen somehow. And uh, so uh, the photo deals at Wizard World were two people getting the shot, just two. That's what you're paying for. And uh, he kind of, my my tiny little wife with uh, her, her attributes uh, her. caught Matt Ryan's eyes and she just she kind of snuck herself into that photo shoot. You, you to, to quote a, a famous uh, lyric, you gotta believe it was magic. Um, <laughs> yep, just made a Xanadu reference. I'll see myself out. Um, but I, the only thing I will chime in is that when Matt saw all of us, he his face lit up. He knew exactly. He smiled. He's, he's never seen a Chaz cosplay. Come on. Yeah, he he was super pumped. I mean. Kevin and Jacqueline, of course, but seeing a Chaz holding the briefcase and then and the one that I did, I'm literally dressed as it right now, was the one from the TV show. Because to my knowledge, uh, Kevin, we haven't seen uh, Chaz show up in the CW yet. No, I think they kind of distanced them. Yeah, they they're 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 referen- I mean, I haven't watched this current. I didn't watch the last season, so the last season that Matt did, so I don't know, but I probably doubt it. Yeah, but he he was he was so chill. I mean, you know how photo ops are, everybody. They're very brief, but he was very chill. He shook our hands. He gave Jacqueline a hug. Um, Kevin got uh, his spell book because he has a John Constantine spell book. Uh, 
Yep. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. There, kids. He got that signed, and and he made sure Matt wouldn't tell him what page it was, so he would just randomly find it. So, Kevin, yep. if you will. Oops. Sorry. Leo, this is Leo. This is where you zoom in. Yep. Look oh, at wow. that, kids. What's oh. the spell next to it? Uh, probably the summit. Let's see, it's a talis- It's a pentacle of Jupiter for a, a talisman for acquiring treasure for a gaming business. Uh, kind of appropriate for John Constantine. There's a oh, lot of spells in here. Yeah, very appropriate. You need to know how to ex- on a moment's notice how to get rid of a demon and uh, summon the right demon. Right, absolutely. And and it's 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 also funny because um, while we were there, we did like a mini John Constantine photo shoot. Um, and some of those photos are really priceless because uh, it was us and then our, our friend Seth, who is mucus membrane John, yeah, who, who definitely got into character, oh, very, um, much. very much so. <sighs> All the say, uh, yes, we're not going to get into that story because that's that's for the after dark yeah, special. Yeah. Um, but uh, some of those photos are extremely priceless, including one, uh, which Leo, if you wouldn't mind. Um, photos. I call this the third wheel. That's the third wheel. Because, dear God. <laughs> the, the, I mean, uh, Chaz can't hold in the bag while Constantine does what he does. True story. Um, and, <laughs> and we have that photo, and then I didn't include it here. Oh, yeah, there's, there's this. So I will say this. I used to do John Constantine. Um, I so nice French coach got there, bro. Thank you. Yeah, I still have it. Um, I got mistaken as Castiel all the time, um, despite the fact that it is a red tie, not a blue. Um, and had the attitude and whatnot. Uh, some people said I was so convincing they thought I didn't like them, and I'm like, no, I'm just in character. Um, but I also had a magician trick Bible. So it was a thing where little life fluid in it and you click a flint and it looked like the book was on fire. So that was my little gimmick. And then I met yeah. Kevin and then I realized I, there's no way that I could do John better than him. So I've, I've respectfully retired it. Although at one point we were always talking about doing a shoot, which I would have been old man, John playing on the fact that I just love apparently doing geriatric uh cosplay versions of characters so um no but it was great and i i just want to say concluding our point before we get to the movie um we saw matt ryan three times that day the second time was at a panel where he was talking about the show which was great um kevin did have his hand raised and i still don't know how they didn't see him because he's the only John Constantine sitting in the thing. Like, how did you not see that? I have um, the worst luck at his panels. Every single yeah, panel I've been to, Matt Ryan, I've yet to be called on. I've tried. I've tried. He's tried. I mean, he's going to have to literally light himself on fire to get a, get a, get a question in. Um, but one time we were just walking through. We saw Matt. And actually, no, we saw him four times. The third time was when he got, you got your book signed. But the fourth time, I always remember, is that Kevin called out to him and he looked and he saw us again and he immediately smiled like, that's right, mate. You're cool. And I was just like, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I don't need it. I don't need any cheesesteak. I don't need I don't need a beer. 
I already know it's in Philadelphia. It's John Constantine. We're good. Like, um, so I don't know. Um, Rich, you, I think you kind of knew Kevin before I really did. Did you have any Constantine stories with him or? Uh, no, I mean, I initially met Kevin. Um, he was a Green Arrow cosplayer. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. Had more to say. He even had the uh, <clears throat> the arrow with the uh, the punching bag on it. The boxing that got, that got signed by multiple people. There it is. See? Boom. There Check it that is out, right kids. there. That's signed by all the great Green Arrow writers and artists. Look at that. Yep. Uh, Danny O'Neill, uh, Neil Adams, I always butcher his name, but uh, Jose Lupe. Uh, Jose uh, Jose Luis Garcia Garcia yeah. Lopez, yeah. Lopez, okay, yeah. I always I always butchered. Uh, Matt, um, Stephen Amell, mm-hmm. and I think I got uh Phil Hester, Phil Hester. Mm-hmm. So still want to get uh Kevin Smith to sign it. He's still on my list. And um, Mike Grell, Mike Grell got signed, had him sign it. Nice, nice. So yeah, I got. Yeah, yeah, classic GA. We we did a photo shoot, everybody, where I was Kevin Smith's character on a monopia who only speaks in sound effects. Um, and and Kevin, yep, and that was our our spoof of the 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 at that time. They had made a big uh, controversy over a Killing Joke, uh, Batgirl, Joker cover. Oh, that's and, right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why. And and we did that because at that time people were being respectful of of the point, but still realizing that it it's just the cover. Um, and this bringing up the whole controversy to the point where the cover I didn't even get released was a little much. So. I, I kept doing that with cosplayers. We did killing joke covers. I did that with that. And there was another one where I had a guy, um, um, you guys know him, uh, Rich, Kevin. Uh, I had um, James Hannon do that yeah. with a flash cosplayer. So he had his Captain Cold Gun. Nice. Doing <laughs> Because I just couldn't help making the parody because I was like, wow, this is I was like, okay, I see the points, but I still think it's a little, little much. But whatever. Um, so, Drew, what you're saying is you were really just channeling John Constantine and giving everyone the finger. There you go. Listen, there we go. Some, Lots some of my fingers all around. Some of my, some, some of my favorite characters. Trust me. The, uh, if I had to say, Dangerous Habits gets four middle fingers. Nice. So, um, yeah. Just uh, just real quick, you mentioned uh, Chaz in Legends of Tomorrow. I did a little uh, quick search, and uh, he has not appeared, uh, but his name is on a will in the episode Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay. Makes sense. I, I, that, that does make sense. But so I guess we'll get to the last part of it. I'm, I'm really surprised. I thought we had more people commenting in, but it was only in the beginning. So I guess... That one guy, Kevin, didn't respond fast enough. So sorry, sir. Um, but yeah, so no idea what he said. Yeah, so City of Demons. I'd only watched like a segment of it before. What a great animated movie! Yeah, I just want to say that. So and really, yeah, originally marketed on this. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. Kevin. I was saying uh, originally marketed on the CWC to help promote their streaming website thingy. Mm-hmm. And then they released, and then it never, they never finished releasing on that. So they put the whole movie out. Right. It was supposed to, it was supposed to be the bridge between like and CW acquiring NBC's Constantine, and that was the way they're promoting him for the Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow, which mm-hmm. great appearances on Arrow mm-hmm. with the 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 peacock feather. <laughs> Yeah. Then, yeah. No, great little movie. Definitely, it's a. I guess it's turned into the way they introduce Constantine into what do they call the DC animated universe before they mm-hmm. rebooted it yet again? DCAU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was like their way of introducing him there. So, so Rich, what were you saying? Well, I I just thought that the uh, City of Demons in whole was really great in giving some of John's history, you know, uh, over many different things we hear about Astra. Yeah. A lot of Mm -hmm. things don't really lay it out. And not only do we get the history of Astra and young Constantine, who was still inexperienced, uh, but then it ends up coming full circle. And I don't want to ruin it for everyone. It's a great mistake. Yeah. Um, but, but greatly done and greatly uh, encapsulated uh, and, and circled again and again and again in this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the 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 ref like uh, the way that they re-explain the Newcastle incident, which is famous in Constantine lore, um, was fantastic. I also just think that again, this story written by J.M. Dematis, who is just at this point in my mind can he's great he can really do no wrong um he he just he really got down that john if john is unable to take on a threat he will easily manipulate somebody to do it for him and that is basically essentially the thing he's a john john is a bargainer Okay, he will make deals and he is just so good at it because he knows how to tell you exactly what you want to hear to go along with it. And then before you realizing it, you're not serving your agenda, you're serving his agenda. And before you realize that it's too late, he's already cast the binding spell and you're fucked. So, um, I mean, again, Matt Ryan can, in my mind, can do no wrong. He's he's in my in my head, he's the de facto john constantine voice i hear he's he's got the tone um he's got the the world knowledge so you're hearing spells and and definitely in other languages it's great um and it was again it's him and Chaz. you know you gotta love that that this is the one friend of john's that for some reason has remained alive the entire time yeah and that is always also no, it's fine. I'm just going to say that was one of my favorite comic book moments is that John was fighting with a demon and a demon just randomly killed a person at a bar and uh, the demon asked, did you know him? And he said, I must have. He's dead. And I was just like, God damn, but it's it's so true. Um, no, but it was it was fantastic. Also fantastic for a small cast. Like the, the movie itself was you're used to DC cast being very big, at least a dozen people. That one was barely under 10, but it was fantastic. And uh, 
Notable has two Constantine voice actors because Chaz is voiced by, I believe, the same man who voice acts Constantine and Just League Action. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, now, that, so ban- yeah. that whole band backstory, has that been in Constantine lore or yes. did they just add that in? Yeah, no. but I think the only difference in the original comic book, Chaz was more their bouncer than a band member. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the the band, which as we said, is is it was called Mucus Membrane. That's mm-hmm. that was what it was called in the comics. It's been yep. referred to in the the NVC Constantine. Uh, I don't know if they've ever really brought it up in the CW, but that's all still apparently canon. So yeah, it was a yeah. punk band, and they weren't really very good, but very Sex yeah. Pistols inspired. Yeah, exactly. Like blatantly so, Sex Pistols inspired. One hundred percent, and yeah. You know that again. It's just the young, arrogant John Constantine thought he could handle more than he could chew, and you know it, it broke him. And and uh, like you said, Rich, everything just came back full circle in ways that even John Chaz or everybody else couldn't expect. And in the end, and again, it's like Rich said, we're not going to spoil it. But in the end, we find that magic, even if used for good, will always come with a pretty big price tag. And I will also say this that I did not expect that ending, but goddamn, no, I, that, that, I forgot that, about it. I forgot about that. Ending. Yeah, that, that 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 hit me. I mean, I didn't cry, but I was just like, oh man, what a feeler. Whew. Yeah, but, and, but the DC um, animated universe it's that, that you know putting these out, uh, Justice League Dark, uh, mm-hmm. Justice League Dark Dark Side War, I think it was called. Yes, they're yes. just doing a brilliant job with these characters. Um, well, really DC, DC animated uh, in general has just been knocking it out of the park. Usually, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, except the last piece of crap that came out. Eight, eight, we'll give them eighty percent. Was it like that? The post, the post that just week, uh, Dark Side War. Or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's there's one that just came out that's just the, the reboot. Uh, the, was that the Superman one? Uh, yeah, the Man of Tomorrow. Yeah, where, where it's really thick lines. The artwork yeah. is just horrendous. Yeah, that's the one with uh, where Zachary Quinto is like Lex or something, and the bad guy is Lobo, and I'm like, really? Yeah, um, I saw that. It was on HBO Max. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Uh, in, injustice. Okay. Oh, Injustice? Yeah. Really? You injustice. didn't like it? I haven't watched that yet either. I have it, but I haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I heard good things. I teared up on that one. It, the artwork just kept on taking me out of it. It's just... Well, uh, well, of course you would, Rich. Like your Your favorite dies. It's the reason that we have Injustice. I, you know what? I, I think it was when Nightwing died. I think when Nightwing died. Oh is... my god! Uh, I'm sorry. When that happened in the comic, that was heartbreaking. No. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, I I will say this though. Uh, I definitely agree that I mean Justice League Dark was pretty pretty great in my mind. I only watched it once. Um, I thought it did pretty well. Uh, Dark Side War surprised me at how well that was because that was a dark film. Yeah, that was not a happy like, movie. You know, there was no uh, happy ending in that movie. Yeah, no, yeah. there wasn't. But yet again, Constantine again paying prices. 
Yeah, and John pulled through in the end. I was like, wow. The um, ultimate survivor. Indeed. And he's like a cockroach. But was that the one where they that's like the end of the DCA yeah. when they like did a reboot after it? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it ended with Constantine going to Flash. You know what you have to do now. Yeah, Superman yeah. has kryptonite tattooed on his chest. Mm-hmm. Yep, it just it was a lot, and then even my favorite was that Etrigan doesn't even rhyme anymore. I was like, oh come on, <laughs> that was the like that that's that. I'm sorry, I've been rereading some of the Demon just because some of my favorite stuff was with Garth and and John. Um, I'm sorry, just the fact that that Etrigan rhymes, and when it's well, it's just the best. And God, he's such an asshole. Um, but it's just, it's perfect. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just perfect. So, but, but I'm just, in the end, I just want to say this. I'm just glad that comics has allowed a character like John Constantine, because you really do need an every man in, in things because it's sometimes you want to root for someone who doesn't knee deep in superpowers, you know, you know, if you uh... If you enjoyed, I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off on that. No, you're fine. You're doing good. Don't worry. No. What do you got, Kevin? I'll say if you like City of Demons, check out this. It's uh, what they base most of the story on, most of the story from the general, all his engines. Mm-hmm. Even has an oh. endorsement by uh, Alan Moore over here. Oh, man. Oh, no, Alan sorry. Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. So I know it's, and such inspiration, they even like, Reproduce, oh man, right? Yeah, reproduce the artwork in the. It was the artwork they had on the all. This actually takes place in the comic book, but in the movie they have it just as a portrait on the wall. Mm-hmm. Wow. I I so, will say I will say this though. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Alan Moore actually was so turned off by what happened. Uh, from from what they did with from Hell and League of Strange Gentlemen, that when it came time for Constantine, he just rejected the royalties and gave them the, his artistic creators for Constantine. He was like, "Nope, send him along." And true, one of the beauties of Constantine is that unlike your typical superhero story, that almost always ends in them winning eventually and everything being perfect and no real repercussions for them usually. And John always has repercussions. It's it's a more real, even though it's based in magic, mm-hmm. it's a more real story. Absolutely. Um, there is one thing that I wanted to discuss um, because it's one of, it's something that when I found out about it, it could not get stopped on my mind um, that John Constantine is one of, and this is, something I only, only I've ever heard of him is that he's one of the few fictional characters. Actually, I think he's the only one that writers have claimed to have met in real life. So um, yes, everybody, I want to claim that, that there are people who've written John Constantine stuff that have claimed to have actually met him in real life. And I have the stories here to back that up. If I, if I may, gentlemen, Totally. All right. So one one of them, the person who's met him apparently the most is one person who I'm not surprised at all was Alan Moore, being that he's one of the co-creators for the character. 
Um, and in 1993, he apparently told Wizard, and I quote, one day I was in Westminster in London. This was after we had introduced the character and I was sitting in a sandwich bar. All of a sudden up the stairs came John Constantine. He was wearing the trench coat, a shortcut. He looked, no, he didn't even look exactly like Sting. He looked exactly like John Constantine. He looked at, looked at me, stared me straight in the eyes, smiled, nodded almost conspiratorially, and then walked off the corner to the other part of the snack bar. I sat there and thought, should I go around that corner and see if he's really there or if I just eat my sandwich and leave? I opted for the latter. I thought it was the safest. I'm not making any claims to anything. I'm just saying it happened. Strange little story. Um, he had a second meeting, which was illustrated in 2001 Snakes and Ladders, which was an adaptation of more uh one of more of by by eddie campbell of one of moore's performance art pieces that and i quote years later in another place he steps out of the dark and speaks to me he whispers i'll tell you the ultimate secret of magic any cunt could do it um and there was one more time but it was a fictional meeting so this was during paul jenkins run of hellblazer which is around number 120 uh, we see Alan Moore sitting in silhouette in the back of a bar as John, who is on a pub crawl with us, raises a drink to him. And yes, everybody, you would not be able to miss Alan Moore because his beard. He looks like a wizard. Yeah, he looks like a wizard. Um, he basically looks like a really out of work Rasputin cosplayer. I just, I think I've more than once made the joke that I still think that that Alan Moore's magic is so strong that his beard has probably eaten uh, a, a fan who has annoyed him once or twice. But back to this, uh, uh, Hellblazer writer Jamie Delano claimed to have encountered John during his run outside the British Museum. Um, artist Peter Milligan said that he saw John at a party in 2009 and rushed after him only to find he disappeared. And the last one was writer Brian Azzarello once saw him in a Chicago bar, but avoided him saying that, quote unquote, the thing about John is the last thing you'd want to be is his friend. So, yeah. But you all want to be my friends, right, guys? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could be invited to uh, weddings in cemeteries. Yeah. Well, someone here has. Hey. But. So, how how trippy is that? When I read that, I'm I was like, "Wow, that is that's fucking cool." So, is this more proof that we're in a simulation? I I think this is one of those where less we know, the better. Okay, but so. that kind of brings me to one of my cosplay stories. Go for it. Uh, when I was one of the years I was doing New York and New York City Comic Con, and about that time of year, I also usually get a cold. So, like, I had zero voice. So, so it was completely scraggly. And I was doing my British accent. So, I was like, of oh, course, love. And, like, so I was being interviewed by some website or whatever. And I just had that voice that sounded like I definitively had a smoking habit. Mm -hmm. And they go around, she goes around, like, asking people's real names. But, like, but after she gets to me, she's like, I don't, I don't want to know who you really are. Like, I'm accepting that you're John Constantine. That this this bloke with the scratchy voice and the British accents is is the real John, the real the real John Constantine. Just come flowing it, flew in. 
So, but uh, you guys are probably going to get some flax. So the real question is, is it Constantine or Constantine? Because that's a, that's a big debate right there. Is it? I've uh, talked to a few people who worked on Constantine, and that's how they pronounce it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to pronounce it Constantine. But I, I've even gotten in one argument with someone who's like, it's Constantine. The person who created him says it's Constantine. I'm like, but it's a, it's, it's a last name. Is, is that similar to the debate in Lord of the Rings, if it's smog or schmog? Because I feel like I've heard that too, where it's yeah. just... I was like, it doesn't matter. It's a dragon. We know who you're talking about. But yeah, I've talked to like, th- I think two or three people have done Constantine one aspect or another. And they're like, they, they, and every single time they're in Constantine, I'm like, and they even make the joke in uh, the, the, the Crisis Infinity Earth when uh, Lucifer meets Constantine. And that's Lucifer calls him Constantine. And John, oh, yeah. And John corrects us, no, it's Constantine. <laughs> so even there, the debate has a, uh, has flourished. Yeah, no idea. What is it, guys? I didn't know it was a debate. I just thought, yeah, it was Constantine. yeah. That's that's what I've I've said it, Constantine. The the whole I, when I say that, people know who I'm talking. About. It sounds yeah, like, yeah. you know, you know, and that's how Keanu Reeves says it. Yeah, and if Keanu so, says it. It's clearly it's right, right, right. It must be true, right? Because if if not, we're getting a pencil in our head. So why not, right? Well. So, I guess uh, I mean Kevin. Did you have any other stories that you wanted to to share? Uh, you know, in your time as as Johnny Boy, or or are you satisfied? Did 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 the drinks run out? Is it time to? No, I mean I could take another drink, but uh, uh, no, I mean no. I think I, I may have earned a little reputation at Dragon Con for like sulking around at like two in the morning, just trench coat and arrogance. A few people. Uh, <laughs> Including people on the show where I work on the show or give me the thumbs up, but I may have built a reputation as a, a mysterious Constantine. And when I reappeared, I scared the everybody crap out of a crackhead for putting out my cigarette on my hands. I, well, I will tell you, Kevin, that every time I watch an animated or read a Constantine book, I instantly picture you as the character. Fair enough. I, I, I'm I, trying to keep the accent in control today. I. I remember one time when I was still doing John that I ran into someone who is a, is a she was a female John. So I was like, oh, hi, Joan. So it's like, you know, John, Joan Constantine. And she was so happy to see me. And in true John, I was like, I was like, it's all good. It's like looking into a handsome mirror, you know? Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, are we excited about seeing a, a female John Constantine in the new uh, the new Sandman series? Actually, I, I'm going to correct you there. It, it is, oh. but it's his relative, Joanna okay. Constantine. Joanna. But I'm extremely excited because that's something we've never seen, except if you read Sandman. Yeah. So they reference her. They reference her. I mean, mm-hmm. they like actually going back to what uh, he, Leo was saying, reading the preceding story that like, John Constantine was talking about all the various other Constantines and Constantines he's met. He meant he name drops Joanna. He totally does, and I and I will say this: if anyone is a fan, the the Joanna Constantine stories, there are a few in Neil Gaiman's legendary Sandman. They are totally worth it. They are they're literally the stories that prove that John's curse 
of just being the the wrong bastard at the right time is definitely hereditary. So that that did that that line was doomed from the beginning. But oh no, absolutely. I, I think it's gonna be and I just want to give credit. Um I, I own it, I've yet to read it, but I heard Tara Egerton, who did the voice of John in the audiobook for Constantine, which I hear is fantastic and I'm very excited to hear it. I heard he did a great job. So I'm I'm really excited to to hear that because I do love that perform that actor. Loved him in Kingsman, loved him as Elton John and Rocket Man. Um, I love him as the the singing gorilla in Sing. That's also him too. That's also him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's him too. So I'm very excited to hear him doing John in was essentially the first book of Sandman. So nice. So. Check meaning to do that it's it's a new year so we can do that but um so i, I guess rich as you would say it uh for you know four crowbars but i think in this case uh how many middle fingers do you want to give up um, um for, for which, which thing for city well, of demons so let's I, I can do, do all three i got no problem yeah so let's do what is how many middle fingers for um dangerous habits four middle fingers Four and a half middle fingers. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with four and a half. That That's by far the quintessentially perfect Constantine arc. What about you, Leo? Uh, I'm going to go with four. Uh, I would give it four and a half, but the the art was a little off at times for me. But uh, the story was in, just fabulous. Oh, yeah. Kevin, wh- Kevin, what about you? Oh, yeah. Obviously, like, four and a half. Same. The art is... In my mind, Steve Dillon is still like the great Constantine artists to compare it against. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the art, but the story the, that Garth really established who Constantine is and whoever shall ever be. 100%. So, for the 2005 Constantine or Constantine, as they would say it, um, what do you rate it? I'm, I'm giving that a solid 4.5 because it's. Flaws and all, it's still a pretty great movie in my mind. So, four, four, four and a half middle fingers. All right, I'm going to go with the four middle fingers as well. I think I agree. I was, I was leaning toward three point seven five, but after hearing what you say, I, I'm going to go with four as well. Nice. Okay, Leo. I'm uh, four and a half. Easy. Four and a half okay. for the movie for Leo. What about you, Kevin? I'll give it four. Just four of these. Four of those. So it's a- Really is a hell of a story. Well, these be fucking wankers. Uh, it's, it is very much a Hellblazer story, despite the weird casting choices aside. It's it's very it's very constant. It's very Hellblazer. Yes, and I don't think I don't think we could get a better like we okay we can, but it's yeah. pretty solid. And I will just add this just before we get to reviewing uh, City of Demons, and we'll wrap up. Um, they they've been talking more, especially since we're in a Keanu Reeves uh, revolution. Demon cat. Oh no! Still here. Here. Equipment down. Equipment down. So basically, they've been talking. My my familiars are getting out of control again. Um. So they've been talking about doing a Constantine two. And Keanu has said that he'd love a chance to do it again. If they were to release a second Constantine and Keanu, is it, would you see it? I would. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Reluctantly, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it, they'll probably be good, but still, it's like we've had so many years now of estab- establishing what Constantine looks like and sounds like and is. Mm-hmm. And it's so far, it's we're talking about what 17 years that we've had of people going, no, 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 this is what he, this is what Constantine looks like. There's action figures of him now. Come on, there's Funko Pops of them. Yeah, it's true. Right. Well, I mean, they, they may change his his look a little bit. You know, it's uh, well, they bleach his hair blonde. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, it'd be great to have Matt Ryan, but we know DC they want to keep the the TV and the movies totally separate. Yeah, they would. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, so City of Demons, uh, sorry, four point five middle fingers. That just a great animated movie like it flies by the characters are great the action is great and any fan of any sort of supernatural violence mythology mayhem you'll, you're gonna love it so yeah and i'm gonna go that was my favorite of the three i'm gonna go with 4.75 on that bad boy nice nice so Leo? i'm gonna do a, a solid four okay that's good. I'll go uh, four and a half. Uh, JM, love that guy. His wife, well, his wife loves me. It's all good. Uh, he did a solid adaption of the source material as well as integrating things like Justice League Dark and inter- taking a existing Hellblazer story and putting it into the DC animated universe. And so it connects everything so well. Like, better than a lot of other things could actually do. He adapts so many different things between live action and comic books and the new new 52. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's great. And plus, the twists and turns, man. Oof. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. before we do the uh, essentially our end credits, Kevin, I have one more question for you about your Constantine. What is your favorite thing to either say or favorite Constantine quote to do in the in your voice, and can you do it for us now? I mean, I call people Lanka and Contadots. Uh, I don't really have a L again. I don't really have... I'm the worst. It's okay, John. Sorry, was it? I didn't like the way I was looking at me. Was... I don't really have any quotes I really said. It's really cool. I just kind of Bugger all and piss off, you bloody wanker. A lot of, a lot of piss offs. And, uh, yeah. Oh, wait. I Before we go, I just want to remember one thing. Kevin, you were there for this. Um, I once did a photo shoot where I appeared as John trying to light my cigarette on Firestorm's head. So. Haven't we all? Yes. So just, and, and it's funny because that's somebody, me and Kevin, know. So. The fact that he let me do that is actually pretty funny because he has a very limited sense of humor. So only John Constantine would treat uh, one of the most powerful metahumans in DC like a human lighter. Of course. All right. So um, I just want to say this, Kevin, thank you so much for for coming. Uh, Cheers. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Do you, I guess, how do people, how 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 can people find you? So... Uh you can find me on Instagram and TikToks at BoosterGoldNY. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Facebook at Stars and Sins Cosplay, which I never freaking update, but whatever. 
but yeah, mostly on, mostly Instagram is where you find a lot of my a lot of my nonsense and bullshit, a lot of my bollocks. And uh, if you missed that, nonsense. Uh, if you missed that, definitely check the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. I got all your links in the show notes there, so uh, uh, you can just hit on there and click. And uh, for me, just Google Leo Pond. You find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. But more importantly, follow these awesome people. Uh, Drew, where do you like people interacting with you? Oh, I don't. But when you decide that you want to, um, I'm on Facebook. It's Drew Malo. I'm Instagram, Night Ghost Man 1984. Um, I do a lot of writing for Screen Rant. Um, I do stuff here. I'm on the, the Sal Bashama Spider-Man podcast with Dr. Chris. I'm here with Splash Pages. I'm working on all the things. I'm generally busy. So it's a new year. So I'll do my best to get back to you if you message me. Otherwise, Chaz out. Velvet Joker. Here I be. Um, you can catch me on the gram, Velvet Joker 2021, Rich Davis on Facebook, uh, or Ghostbuster Man 1984. Shut uh, up. The other places I like to be. Shut up. Oh, yeah. Did you say, like to be up in there. <laughs> did you see, say Ghostbuster Man 1984? He totally yeah, yeah, did. He, he fucked with me. He, he, he totally he, reached me there. Me, Velvet Joker. I hate you so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you always be CT Joker in my heart. Thank you, thank you. I'm started to evolve, my friend, but you know, uh, you could still call me whatever you want, just not late for dinner. <laughs> Uh, well, I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. Now, with that, catch you guys later. Bye. Peace out. Nice to see you, Kev. See you.